All right, and uh, welcome to the War Room, uh, the sports podcast where we act like we know what we're talking about, but we probably don't. Maybe we do. Who who cares? I'm here with uh, Taylor Esther. Hey guys, and nobody else. I'm sorry, but for our premiere episode, we only have half of our four man team here today. Um, basically for the sports podcast, this has been something I wanted to do for a while. Uh, I've just gotten into the podcasting, uh, business with my buddies, Pearson, Luke, and Cleveland, Intelligent. That's a bit of a plug right there. Uh, if you like podcasts, go check theirs out too. But basically I wanted to make a sports podcast and I went out and got a dream team. I, I, I got Taylor Esther. Uh, I got Landon Miller and I got my buddy, Burt Johnson. Those are the two that are out today and Taylor's with me. So we're just going to do this whole podcast by ourselves. And, um, yeah, so uh, this podcast is just basically just something we love to do uh, do for fun, and uh, we, we're just a bunch of sports heads. Uh, Taylor and I, and everyone here, has been growing up around the Tomball area, and it's just some fun for us to do. Um, yeah, I mean, Taylor, you got anything to add? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm just excited to be here. I really love I love talking about sports, even if I don't actually sound like I know what I'm talking about. So, like ninety percent of the people in Tomball, yeah, yeah, I'll just fake it till I make it. You know. Yep. All right. I mean, we got a. Uh, despite just being down to uh, literally half of our members of the of the show today, we got we actually got a pretty good uh, topic set to go up here. Uh, we're recording this one day before um, uh, NBA free agency uh, actually opens, so people can actually uh, uh, the teams can actually officially get these contracts and uh, super max contracts uh, uh, signed and everything, and uh, mm-hmm. free agency will actually open. So there's a lot of big stuff that's going to happen. So that's why we wanted to do this today. Even though we're down half our people, we got we had to get our premiere episode before this happened. So, basically, the the topics we're going to cover today is NBA free agency. You know, Kawhi the Lakers, the AD trade that's that's going to be executed immediately tomorrow. Basically, uh, it, you know how the Pelicans played in that. Uh, we're we're going to talk Jimmy Butler. You know his situation with Philly, how Houston's going after him, kind of the Clippers. Uh, and we're going to kind of wrap up the NBA with uh, the Kemba Walker situation, where he's going to go. Uh, why he may leave Charlotte, maybe some of the uh, kind of the reasons he might stay. And then uh, after that, we're just going to finish up with a small segment about kind of where the Texans are at in the NFL and kind of where the, the rest of the big moves that have happened in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, that, that's what we got planned for today. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, and welcome to the war room. We're about to get into it right here with some NBA free agency. And I'm here with Taylor Esther, of course. What's up? Uh, the rest of the team is gone, as I've stated earlier, but we're just going to roll with it. And with that, we, you know, yes, last night we just got some major news that Kawhi is going to be having a meeting with the Lakers. Yeah, tomorrow night Kawhi is talking about going or having a meeting with the Lakers, which is kind of big news. Um, I just think after the Lakers got AD, um, him, LeBron, and Kawhi, I th- like that's a big three. That mm-hmm. is that is something that would just kind of shake the league and kind of might put the Lakers on top. I think it would. So people were already freaking out about the fact that the Lakers got AD. We'll get into AD in a, after yeah. this, but the fact they were already saying, all right, they, LeBron and AD already had a championship. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case at all. I think um, they have when a you good clear out your bench like that. Yeah, then you, you're gonna have to get more help. So they're gonna have to lock down one more superstar, and then they got to get at least one or two more good bench players for a, you mm-hmm. know a, a small salary, maybe a one or two year contract. Um, but they're gonna have to do. They have a lot more work to do, and that front office has got a lot more work to do to get this wrapped up. But what's the latest on Kawhi that you've heard? Uh, all it's been is just uh, that he's gonna have a meeting Sunday after the free agency stuff opens up, and uh, the Lakers have. What did they do? Oh, they finally have enough cash open up to like actually 
have a chance at getting Kawhi. It's another max contract, right? 32 uh, mil? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's looking right now that their top two prospects. Now, now remember, we still have Kemba and uh, Clay Thompson possibly mm. on the outside looking in as their other prospects. If this, if this doesn't work out, definitely Kemba's another prospect. But yeah. their top two right now is Kawhi and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure out if there's a way they can back both of them, but it looks like they just it, got one more max contract. I don't see them getting Yeah, I don't see them getting them. I don't see them getting both. And mm-hmm. a, another thing with is Kyrie kind of doesn't want to play with LeBron again cuz it, it's it's really like he kind of wanted to get out of his shadow when they played, but uh, at the same time it's like if I think that he'd be open to playing with LeBron again because he's still, you know, he and him are still real tight. Yeah, he's made yeah, that obvious. But he he definitely didn't want to just try and like stay in the shadow because if, mm. if you're on, he a pulled team a KD. With, he wanted to go. Yeah, try if you're to on a team, team with if you're on a team with LeBron, everybody's kind of going to be more focused on LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just who he Even is. Even though just, Kyrie is responsible for icing the game in Game yeah, Seven when they came back uh, down three one. Yeah. That being said. Um, as much as as good as a player Kyrie is, it's been made evident that there. Now maybe it was just the Boston thing, mm-hmm. but his, his two seasons with Boston were really rough. There's people saying that Kyrie can't lead a team any uh, a team, and that he's he's more kind of like, uh, what's a what's a I don't really even know a, a modern NBA player that really is just a, a throw in player. Maybe like a like a Russell Westbrook, not like in the in the style of play, but he doesn't really lead but, the team. Yeah, he he just goes out and performs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's been made evident of Kyrie, at least with Boston. Now, Boston's a very tough city to just roll into right away and play into. Yeah, absolutely. Boston, Boston's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, even uh, the Sports Center Snapchat guy, Gary Strice, he was like, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah. Made it very evident. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it, it's, it's different. Um, so, is there a possibility he could want with the Lakers? I think very much so, because it's not like he's not friends with LeBron. Yeah, right? it's not. It's not. It's not the fact that he does. He doesn't like LeBron. That's mm. not. That's just not true. It's just uh, he like like I said earlier. He didn't want to try. He didn't want to stay in the shadow of LeBron. Mm. I think the other I thing he's going to be looking at is he wants. I think another reason he wants out of Boston is. Boston, I think you give them one or two more years, and they'll you know even after losing Kyrie, as you saw that when the year they lost Kyrie to an injury, his first year of the contract, they'll be back in them semifinals very soon. Mm-hmm. They're such a young team, and uh, I mean once they lose Kyrie, they're going to have more uh, space to more get another player. To get the next free agency season, more, maybe trade for him, maybe get more rookies to try and train up. Which yeah, eh. so they're not in a bad spot with losing Kyrie. I mean you've seen that what they can do with just Jason Tatum. Um, uh, what's his yeah, name? Mark, no. uh, Marcus, uh, I forget his name. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. But they have a lot of really good young players. That, mm-hmm. Oh, by, what's his name? Uh, the, the white guy uh, completely went 180 with his ankle last season. Oh, before I know that. who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. Mm. What was it? Oh, my gosh. I totally, oh, my, I should know this. I should know this. This is what happens when I forget to write everything down. The guy who went 180 with his ankle. Mm-hmm. Oof. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. Because <laughs> after he did it, everybody – we lost five all – like, uh, it, it, what was it? It was him. Then it was uh, – we lost Jeremy Lin. Then we lost uh, John Wall. Like, and then we lost Kyrie. You know, that was two years ago. That was a terrible yeah, year. I was, mean, this year we was, lost John Wall again. I mean, we also oh. lost – well, we didn't lose, but Katie and Clay Thompson. Yeah, I mean, ten, technically – Yeah, technically that was postseason, um, but – but we, we've lost them now. They're we've, gonna be we've lost them. They're, they're gone they're, the next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to Kawhi. Oh um, yeah. So 
the four teams he, I believe he's supposed to be talking to is, of course, the Lakers and, of course, Toronto. And I believe yeah. the Clippers are still in the, in the talk. Yeah, the Clippers The Clippers are very, uh, very, I guess, There's so much interested. talk about maybe – well, the Clippers are, of course, interested. Obviously. They, all, all, all teams are interested. Everybody's interested in getting freaking yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. I think it's more where Kawhi is interested in talking to. And I've heard – I'm trying to remember if – I believe it's the Nets that might be the fourth team he's looking at. I know uh, his main three, though, be. is Toronto and one of the L.A. teams. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Clippers Which, or Lakers. The Clippers Clippers have, have more money to offer him, don't they? They they have two max contracts. I think yeah. one of them might be a super max. But, yeah. Yeah, Basically, they, they have a lot more money than uh, the Lakers do because the Lakers just kind of lost everything with the, with – uh, mm. AD with AD, but but they well like we said they they got the max contract lined up now. So yeah, they're in a now better... that they freed that up, they they have a better chance at getting him. Yeah, I mean, so I think the minimum he wanted was the the max contract of thirty two million. Yeah, max option right there. Um, but I think like a lot of these uh, these veterans, they're willing to give up a little bit of salary for opportunity. Mm-hmm. As we as we're seeing with you know what we might see with Kimball Walker, and we'll get into that later. Um, one second, my, my notes went down. Um, so, to con- continue with the Lakers, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if Kawhi is going to be 100% over to the Lakers at all. I, mm-hmm. I really think at this point it's just I, a roll the dice situation. Yeah. I, I mean, we're I, seeing that um, I'd be more concerned if I was a Raptors fan if Kawhi denied his player option. You see him, he did, unlike KD, who literally a week ago decided to become an unrestricted free agent and not keep his player option for a $35 million contract with the Warriors, which basically means he can either take that or get a better offer from someone else, yeah. decide where he wants to go. Um, but we're seeing with Kawhi, he's keeping the player option because obviously he won, he won a championship there. He fits in well. I think him and Kyle Lowry really made a lot of progress as yeah. a duo. Um, and they also got some really good big men there. I mean, Pascal Siakam is, my, in my opinion, if we were to go back and do a episode, we kind of analyze what happened in the finals. I, um, everyone I talked to about it, I told them that basically, like, look, Pascal Siakam as a power forward is going to be the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 one thing that Golden State does not know how to how to combat combat defensively, they, as you've seen with the Rockets, they were easily able to not easily, but they were able to handle and minimize the effect of Capella and Harden and that kind of duo, especially in the paint. Yeah. But whenever uh, uh, you have a true power forward like Pascal Siakam that can be a presence in the paint, drive, mm-hmm. be put in an ISO and be able to handle someone and back them down one-on-one, and then on top of that, he's got a shot? Now that when you have that presence in there with another really good center, um, uh, I forget his name, he's, he's a brother um, with another, uh, another player who plays for Memphis, I believe. Um, really good center. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I know who you're talking. When you combine about. that with freaking Kyle Lowry and Kawhi and that, now your options, everyone yeah. is is gonna at some point have a one on one matchup. And when you get that one one on one matchup with Kawhi, Kyle, Pascal, or that center, mm-hmm. it just opens stuff up. So, yeah. um, you know, Kawhi is in a very good situation if he stays with the Raptors. Uh, but at the same time, he might just want to go be in LA just so he can you know, venture off there and see what happens. And maybe they can get him a better offer than what Toronto will give. But I, I sincerely doubt that. I also think Toronto will riot if Kawhi leaves. You'll hear the most angry-sounding sorry you've ever heard in your mouth. The in, most in your, angry in your life. Canadians. 
Uh, they'll, they'll probably stay. They'll probably still say they're sorry to Kawhi though. Yeah, for real. Low it's key. like we're sorry we couldn't offer you a billion dollars to stay, yeah. but we're so sorry. <laughs> we're so I, sorry. Th- there was, a, I think, Jimmy Kimmel or some other kind of late night talk show went around uh, Toronto, literally outside the stadium before one of the games. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. They, they were trying to get the Toronto fans to smack talk the Warriors, yes. and they just would they're not. not good they're at like, it. They're Canadians like, are too look, kind. I'm sorry. It's just a really good team. We we, we, we don't do that around here. <laughs> And it was like, <laughs> it's like, come on, it's the finals. Say something. I think they got finally, like, they, they Bro. whoever was interviewing was like, say one bad thing about the Warriors. And they were like, I'm, uh, I'm, they, they need to play better. I'm 100% sure that Canadians have a chip implanted into their brain that prevents them from saying anything mean. Yeah. Which is why it's one of the best places to go on vacation. Yep. You can show up there looking like a complete goof and you'll be fine. And, and you'll be fine because yep. everybody will compliment you. They won't mm-hmm. They won't attack you like they will in America. Uh, yes. <laughs> you, yes. You, oh, my goodness. You show, <laughs> Even in you our high schools, wearing, you'll get, you'll get oh roasted walking in by your own teacher. <sighs> yeah. All right. So that we'll cover. We'll, we'll leave that there with Kawhi. I mean, you know, there's really – we have no idea where he's – I think he's one of the – the the biggest free agents that we really don't have an answer as to where he's going. I, no, if you, I mean, my we'll, personal we'll, opinion, it's going to be either the Lakers or, or I, Toronto. I, I really don't think, think the Clip the Clippers have a good uh, negotiating table. I think they have a I think they have a bigger contract max contract to offer than the Lakers do, but they don't have as much opportunity. Yeah, they as don't the Lakers have, do. They don't have as much uh, not money wise, but to give Kawhi to as come, a team to as a now team. at the same at the same time. What what is hopeful? I think would be more incentive for Kawhi to go to the Clippers. Is okay. Look, with literally no all stars or max contracts or anything, we were with the Warriors and and you know went three two with them, and then you know uh, they they were com- super competitive in the playoffs. Had a fantastic season with honestly they uh, they had that really good center. I forget his name, and a, a really good power forward. And that's it. All, their best players, Lou Williams and Pat Bev. Uh, Lou Williams, let's see, I forget which one's coming off the bench, but one of those two is coming off the bench, mm-hmm. and he and they're their best players. And keeping all those guys, I think Pat Beverly is also a free agent, so he might try to get a bigger contract with them. Yeah, but if they decide if they're able to keep Pat Be- Beverly on that team without getting rid of one of their max contracts, you're looking at being able to really create a team that's just ready for two all stars who just take that thing and roll with it. Mm-hmm. So I think your best situation, for, uh, if you're a Clippers fan to land Kawhi, is to have some other all star is to, is to sign pray. first. Is to pray. <laughs> uh, well, we try. The Rockets fans tried that with the oh, Warriors, geez. and that didn't work out. Don't so I don't. I don't. Started. I don't have any advice for that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So well, that's where I, that's where I think we're at with that. So I guess we'll go ahead and transition into. Let's just we'll we'll stay with the Lakers because that's just a hot topic of basketball. So we'll talk about the AD trade. Um, it's not official yet, of course, but it's all it's basically it's, official. It's, basically it's going official. to happen. It's, it's going to happen. There's, yeah. there's, there's Woj nothing... dropped the bomb two weeks ago. Yeah. It is happening. Um, it just won't. The papers won't be filed until tomorrow. I mean, yeah. we all know it's going to happen. LeBron's giving up his number to him. I mean, yeah. Well, I I think I think that's crazy. I think LeBron mm-hmm. giving up his number to AD is just is just um, like a sign I'm of with it. I'm okay with it too. I'm yep. just saying it's just like it's a really big sign of respect to yeah. AD. That's just that's really that. Well, like, I think I think LeBron is you know he's fine with. I don't think he really cares that much uh, whatever makes him comfortable there. But the other thing is mm-hmm. like he's all you know he I, he actually I think won more championships uh, playing as six than he did, or maybe it might be tied two two. I think but so. He, yeah, he won two at least two championships wearing six as well. So 
uh, with the Heat. I think it's I think it's just because uh, LeBron is one of the greatest players in the league, mm-hmm. so I don't think it matters what number he's wearing. Mm-hmm. But now, now that's you know just who's going to get screwed over in the situation is Lance Stevenson because you know what his number is. It's six, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so. I saw LeBron, I saw his Bleacher LeBron, Report and like it, it they they took a picture of like LeBron's tweet with like the small six and the the prayer emoji and then they showed like a reaction shot of like Lance Stevenson just like looking at him like <gasps> so I, I guess they're not sure if they're gonna get if if Lance is gonna give up his number or not so uh, anyways that's not what we're here here to talk about so we're gonna talk about uh, that whole trade situation whole with trade. AD going who to the Lakers won, so go got, ahead you got, got the better. stats for exactly what they're getting right oh okay so basically. The Lakers obviously got Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and, and Zion and Zion, and then the Pelicans got they got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first round picks. Mm-hmm. Which and those are just the confirmed round. Those uh, are just the confirmed picks. There's ones. Two more There's... first rounders that are depending on what the record is this next and the following season. Yeah. So, which potentially you could get five first rounders out of this. So I'd say for you know. If I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm eating my gumbo and I'm, ha- and I'm happy right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it, I think honestly, it was a great trade for both sides. I really mm. do. I think it. I I really do think the Pelicans might have gotten a better deal. Absolutely. Um, but I do. If we're think talking long term. Long term, I do think the Pelicans got a better deal. But uh, your argument for the Lakers, the Lakers is though, is, being you're trying to get a championship with LeBron, you don't have time for long. You don't term. have time. You don't have time for that. You long give another term. four or five years, he's gonna be forty. You it's, you just don't know at any year you could have a big drop off like we've seen with Carmelo. Yeah. Um. Not that I think Carmelo's washed up by any means. He's just not adapting to what the teams he's playing with right now. And mm-hmm. I think maybe he's got one more good season left in him. Um. Not like his old stats would be, but I think. There's talks he might go with the Lakers. We'll see what happens. But as everybody, far as everybody wants to go to the Lakers mm, now, like I, holy I know. crap, I, they're just a popular team. I think for if you're talking about trying to for sure get either for your standard being the Western Conference Finals or at least to the championship or winning one within the next two to three years, you can make the argument the Lakers got what they wanted and technically benefited from uh, from this and that the, yeah, they quote I, won the trade. But uh, you asked me five to six years to now. I think now, it's it's gonna be the it's Pelicans. gonna be the Pelicans. It's gonna be the Pelicans, yeah. without a doubt. I but, mean, there, there's, I mean, when you get, not to mention because of the fact that AD wanted out so bad, that's the whole reason they got Zion. I touched on that earlier, but you know, uh, I forget how many weeks AD didn't play, and they just took started taking straight L's. And even when he came back, they were still taking straight L's, and they just tanked as a whole team when they started out pretty good. And because the record got so low, they they went from being like a middle of the pack, maybe a uh, a 13, 14, 15 picked all the way to they got they got the number one pick in the lottery. Now I mean. no one predicted that they, everyone thought it was gonna be the next getting that lottery pick. And I, I remember I was watching it live. We y'all all over here we were playing poker. Uh, actually y'all were swimming at the time, but it doesn't matter. Um, and I, I was I predicted that uh, New Orleans would come out five. Uh, I knew that they had good odds and that there was a long shot that they could get the number one. But I honestly think. If you would have asked me right before they, they picked that they were going to get five. And then I they just kept going and going and going. And, you know, eventually they got one. And I was like, wow, what a turnaround. And huh. rest in peace to the Knicks. Yeah, for real. Because, I mean. Did the Knicks what, even get any anybody? Like, um, I Well, I mean, they got R.J. Like, Barrett. That's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and R.J. says he's, quote, ready. Uh, and that he was built for this. Ready. Well, the other thing is like uh, New York. In New York, I think the two toughest places to come in, especially drafted or coming in off a brand new contract, super max, whatever, whatever you call it, like the other two uh, contracts they have available, 
the two toughest cities to go in and play from the get-go and stay at the longest is Chicago and, and New York. Oh, Chicago is like, crazy. Chicago, Chicago is, if, if you is, don't deliver every single year, they're going to find a way to trade you. Just yeah, like what happened they, with D-Rose and basically every other All-Star they've had after Michael Jordan. I mean, Jimmy Butler. I mean, actually, he didn't really deserve to be traded. He was putting up great numbers. But when, you know, the they, they tried to have this thing where they, they thought that having Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Rajon Rondo – and Taj Gibson was going to get them over the hump and get them into the, uh, the conference finals. And obviously that didn't happen. So once they realized that combo didn't work, they were like, all right, they're, they're, at any point, the, the Bulls are just ready to just tear down everything they've tried to build up and just ship it off. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not in it for the long haul. They want immediate results, mm-hmm. which you, you can't really do. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta be able to be willing to put in the long haul, which, once again, the Pelicans are willing to do. <laughs> they They... They're ready to just sit, sit back and kind of just let it go. Let the team try and work mm-hmm. together, and then I think eventually the Pelicans might be like a good team. A well, really I think great just team. adding Zion just, with what they already have is already a big well. improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now I, I, I'm not, I'm not a part of the complete Zion hype hype game that's going on. I do think he's going to make a big impact he, in the he's league. He's a good player. He's a good player. There's, he, no, fans, there's no denying that. He's one that. of the best prospects he's, we've had in yeah, years. And what he absolutely. did in college was fantastic. And him as a power forward is going to be just unreal, especially scary. if he gets his shot really well. He's already he was already able to hit some threes and every now and then mid-range, but mainly his main thing was if he's, you know, if he's at the three-point line wide open, he can hit that. Um, sometimes he would take it if it was contested, but not often. I didn't see him pull up from mid-range very often. And in this era of, of the NBA, uh, I remember I, I saw a diagram put up after this last season of basically, consider it like this, it was a half basketball court diagram. Any area where people were taking shots and or making them was highlighted blue. So basically, anything around, past the three-point uh, uh, line anything would be in, just completely blue. And uh, mid-range, uh, mid-range isn't quite as... Mid-range looked basically like a little pond. Uh, and the paint and the three-point line looked like the freaking Red Sea before it parted. That, that's the best way to uh, analyze it. And basically, in my opinion, the only reason that there was any color around the elbow or any mid-range anything was because of Chris Paul. Steph and, Curry. Uh, Steph Curry. Well, yeah, he'll pull up floaters from mid-range. And then, you know, Harden's got mid-range. Yeah. Paul George's got mid-range. Basically, a lot of your classic players that... Uh, oh, even LeBron. He, LeBron is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game to this day. Absolutely. His one-legged Absolutely. fadeaway is unbeatable. Um, but that's what you're seeing, and I, I haven't seen Zion pull up from mid range that much, which is fine because most of the time when he's mid range, he's going 30 miles an hour to the bucket. So why stop? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so do I think that he's immediately going to come in and rock the league, become an All Star his first year as a rookie? No, maybe. But you're rolling the dice on that one. You give him two to three years, two to he's three going to be up there for maybe. sure. I, I don't. I, don't I really think, think. I really think he's going to adapt, especially. It'd be one thing if he was putting up these numbers in college and he had this height and weight and he wasn't as built as he is, but yeah. this man is just rock solid. Uh, I mean, dude looks like a freaking defensive tackle that can jump, thir- you know, forty inch vertical. I mean, uh, athletically, he's gonna he's gonna adapt very well. Um, but you know, all these people that just think he's gonna come in and be able to uh, to immediately become an all star, immediately put up those numbers. Um, it, it, it just, I'm not going to say no, but at the same time, we're seeing an average transition time to get to a uh, to a, a good NBA level of these rookies for for backcourt players, small court players. It's it's taking about two to three years to transition mm-hmm. and really and really start coming into effect. Or the really good ones will it'll take about half a season. 
Yeah. And you'll um, see them really start taking off like we saw Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Uh, Doncic, mm-hmm. Doncic, my gosh. I'm just going to say Luka. 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 He really started spiking up around December. Those first couple yeah. months he played very well, but when he was putting up when, fantastic games was about December and beyond. December and beyond. Um, and the thing is, that's just small backcourt players. Now we're seeing you know centers and power forwards – not that I think Zion falls in this category, but it's taken them a good five to six years. Mainly centers, power fours don't take as long as centers. But yeah. Clint Capella, it took him five. It literally took him five years, and that's the average now for for centers to mm-hmm. develop. It took him five years. He sat sat behind Dwight Howard for about two to three, uh, and I think he was on the team as a backup for one year before that era. Um, I could I could be wrong on that, but it took him about uh, five years to really get to where he's at now. Um, do I still think he's an, an amazing center? Yes, even though he he didn't have as good a playoff performance. We'll get into that later. Um, this is about this is salty topics right now. Salty topics. But uh, you, you can't you can't deny he's a great center. Um, no, and, abso- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's it's just. And you can also make the argument that his performance in uh, his first playoff run as a starter with the Rockets, when we had the CP3 hamstring thing that cost us a championship. You can make the argument that he played amazing in that series. We had no issues with him. Not, um, but yeah. So you're you're seeing this transition of where for small backcourt players is taking about two to three years to fully develop, um, and centers mainly centers is taking five to six years. Everyone else kind of falls in that two to three range. Do I think that's the case for Zion? Absolutely not. Uh, but I, think, I, I, I think- don't see him becoming that superstar that he's going mm. to be immediately first year. He's going to get close to it, especially towards the end of the season when he gets in rhythm, yeah, really I figures think, out I what, think they, with what most they want players, to do. Uh, I think with most, play, most players, it, it obviously is going to take some time. Like, you can't mm. just go straight from college and then just be NBA ready. You can't mm. do that with really any sport. Well, and you it can takes, also be NBA ready. Period. You can be NBA ready, and it just, you just got to transition. I mean, there's yeah, so it, much that it, there's it, so that's much different that's when different you get there. about it and so much more... Uh, it's just it's a whole different sort of playing field mm-hmm. literally and metaphorically it's just it's going to take time nobody can just come out and mm-hmm. be putting up like 30 points a game and all mm-hmm. this other stuff it's going to take time for them to uh get used to the game try and click with the team and then just get rolling and once they're rolling it's it's going to be hard to mm-hmm. stop uh, especially if they can really turn in uh turn in these first rounders they're going to get into something really special which i think they they have in their possession to do Absolutely. Um, we'll see what these next couple draft classes look like. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll close that conversation about the AD trade in Zion with, I think, overall, if, you're, if we're talking outside of three years, Pelicans definitely took, Pelicans took that thing right when they the, didn't want it. In the, the closer foreseeable future, Lakers won. Lakers I, I won. wouldn't say won, but they got what they, they needed. Got, they, got what they, they absolutely got what they needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so next thing we got to talk about is the Jimmy Butler and Rocket situation. This one is going to be tough to, to talk about because at this stage, Jimmy isn't really talking to anybody else except the Rockets and Philly. From what I, from what I know, I think there might be a chance he could go to the Clippers. I, I've heard that rumor as well. Yeah, I heard but that. But the only official well. reports we have um, from any news source that I've seen is the only uh, confirmed really teams he's talked to is, 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 is the, the Rockets, Clippers, and, and Philadelphia, and that's yeah. it. 76ers, I think he'd fit great in there. I mean, you saw He's, in their playoff run, he fit in great there. Played yeah. fantastic. Um, um, it sound, it seemed like he was getting along with the locker room fine, which people were worried mm-hmm. about. Yeah, Everyone seems which to think like he just does not think. fit well in a locker room because of what happened with Minnesota. But if you look at his days in Minnesota, he was there two, uh, two years. You got people like Cat. You got D-Rose. 
um, freaking Wiggins, who's on a uh, he, he's kind of in the same situation that Kimba Walker is in, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But he's got all these all stars around him. Not not all of them all stars, but or at, at some point all stars, or better yet, giant contracts around him, and they yeah. can't make it past the first round of the playoffs. And yet they, he's got. So many good players around him, they just can't make it fast. A pass, so he was fed up. He wasn't seeing changes in coaching. wasn't seeing changes in the way his teammates were playing. So he just wanted out of there. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people were just saying, "Oh, G- Jimmy isn't going to be good for a locker room. Jimmy isn't going to be able to um, fit into a team well. He's really got to be one of those players that you just drop into one situ- uh, one team, and he's their one all star. You just got to let no. him go. No. I don't think that's the case Absolutely at all. Not. As was proved with the 76ers. he came in mm-hmm. and there was no issues. Heard not nothing at all. So the latest we've heard. Um, as far as uh, his situation with the Rockets, because, uh, of course, you know, we're H-Town boys, so we're trying to make sure our boy Jimmy... By the way, we're also from Tomball, for those of you Which who don't is know us. Jimmy is yeah. from... He, Jimmy is from Tomball, and we actually got to see his jersey retired at our high school, which was like awesome because he brought freaking Dwayne Wade, Todd Gibson. Oh, yeah, that was so crazy. Uh, oh, dude, it was awesome when Jimmy came in, and there was like a, a brief, like 10 second pause. And, and then like, Dwayne and Wade walked Dwayne in. Wade <laughs> just lost yeah, it, everybody lost it. Oh, that my was, goodness. It was like we had so to, like great. everyone like was going crazy for Jimmy, and then like the whole thing repeated itself because like Dwayne Wade literally sat at the door, waited 10 seconds, and then walked out <laughs> so he could get his own applause. <laughs> he, had to, he had to make his own entrance. Yeah. What a punk, uh, man. Respect. And that was when they played for the Bulls, by the way. Yeah, that was that was the Bulls. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, the way the situation is working out right now, from the research I've done, is um, the upper hand of I'm just gonna I'm not gonna talk about the Clippers. I don't know too much about the Clippers situation. No, I, they can add a, a max contract, and I think yeah, they have they have two two max contracts, and I think their dream situation is to land Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy, Jimmy, and Jimmy Butler. Butler. They, which, everyone seems to think they're going to mix very well if they wind up there, which could be great. I think they're very they're two mm-hmm. players that very much you know they're that business oriented on on the court kind of people, and I think they would mix well. But I, I see that as a low percentage situation. Uh, yeah, I, think, I think their number two, not a very, your top two is Houston or Philadelphia. I think right now from the reports we're getting, Philadelphia has the upper hand merely because. They can offer the the better contract. They have, they have, they more, have money, more money. They have more, more cap money. space. But another the Rockets thing, would have to release. I mean, or either trade two to uh, trade two to get that, or just flat out get get rid of um, e- either uh, Eric Gordon or, or Capella, or possibly both. To really, if if what Jimmy is wanting is more uh, money on his contract to get to Houston, they would definitely have to give up Eric Gordon or Capella, or maybe both. And then another thing with Jimmy is he wants to come home. Mm-hmm. I mean, he now that is that is the only advantage Houston the, has that in this is, whole situation. Philly can't Philly can't give him. Mm. I mean, home they can't give him. His Especially he's only been there a year, and around around his family who live who live in Houston. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, uh, to my knowledge, I don't even think Jimmy Butler has purchased real estate in n- Philadelphia. No, yet. I don't think he has either. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of just he he wants to come home. He. He wants to. We don't know that for sure, but, but it's an it's, advantage it's, that he, it's, it's an the advantage only. That in, my, has. in my opinion, it's the only advantage Houston has in this trade talk, unless they give up Eric Gordon or Capella or both. Mm-hmm. Right now, they, they they can they can give him a good contract, but it's n- it's not going to give him the edge over what Philadelphia can offer him. So if his, yeah, if his the, decision if is based on money, if it's based on money, Philly's going to win Philly every wins. time. No, uh, unless no we give up Eric Gordon or Capella, I think I'd be okay with giving up Eric Gordon because if we're if we're going to bring in Jimmy Butler. Eric, Eric Gordon, Gordon is 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 uh oh well one he's Jimmy Butler's position a worthwhile sacrifice yeah it is a worthwhile now, sacrifice now I'm a huge Eric Gordon fan he played he actually did very well in the playoffs was there times 
this year that he kind of came up short in certain areas. Yeah. Yes, but, that but, he, but as a player and for what for the contract we have with him, he he played phenomenal. Great from three. Mm, absolutely. Another guy absolutely. that that played that he couldn't back anyone down in the paint. But he's he's a small four. There's very few small fours that'll do that. Like LeBron's one of the few that can do that. But drives very well. He he has still had a presence in the paint, which is which was what helped us really kind of. Uh, it definitely helped us just steamroll the Jazz. But we needed more of that to get through. Um, to get uh, to get through the Warriors, we need more presence uh, in the paint, Golden so that way State. they couldn't uh, double up Capella uh, and create havoc. And you know, basically, I think the biggest problem with Golden State was the the Rockets could not have that lob to Capella. That was just that easy two points that we had against the Jazz. Yeah, well, we, before Capella got sick, um, that we had against the Jazz in the first four games, and basically the entire regular season. Like, if, if anyone decided to double up on uh, on James when he was driving, easy lob to Capella. Capella one on one in the paint. He's gonna find a way to get open and make points about sixty mm-hmm. percent of the time, which is basically what you need from from your center in that situation. Hey, it's passing. Uh, no, that's more than passing. That's all star worthy right there. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> which I think he had a. Which is basically what we saw happen uh, uh, last uh, last play, last playoff season uh, before this one with the Rockets. But unfortunately, um, we just didn't. I, I don't think uh, with the situation we had with PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we had enough presence in the paint. I think Capella was our only presence there, or Harden on, on the drive. Uh, there's not another player that on the Rockets that really showed a presence to if put in ISO or even if there was a second player that could swing on them, was big enough and confident enough to be able to back somebody down uh, in the paint and be a presence there and open up Capella and Harden's drive. Um, so basically, what you were seeing was Harden was forced to, if he drived. Um, if they do what they usually do 90% of the time when they have the best def- defensive players on there, he'd be forced to go for the floater from the elbow, which is a tough shot, or, or maybe just pull up from the elbow. Yeah. Or if he did drive, you'd have to see him draw more contacts and uh, draw contact and try to get the foul and maybe by some miracle get, uh, get the bucket. Or he would just have to just be hardened and just make the bucket anyways. Uh, which Harden. even for which even for Harden in that situation is very it's, hard to do. It's tough. It's a tough it's thing. It's very to tough. Off. So... Do I think that bringing Jimmy Butler would fix all those problems? No. no. But especially with what could happen to the Warriors uh, in this free agency uh, season uh, this summer, uh, I think it would be enough to get us over the hump of next year's Warriors. Last year's Warriors, maybe. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he is that kind of guy that at small forward can do a really good job of establishing presence in the paint. He can back people down. Not everybody, but most. Um and I, I and he's another guy that in the backcourt can help move the ball. He's not a ball stopper. Um, I mean, and defense. I think what he would bring defensively would be fantastic. He's one of the best defensive players in the game. He was a defensive. Uh, he was voted All Star and and uh, defensive rookie of the year before anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not rookie of the year. Maybe defensive. Uh, I forget what the award was, but he he got known for his defense before he became anything else. Yeah. Uh, in his early early days with the Bulls. So. Does he bring a lot to the table, and could he give us over that hump to get us to the championship game at least? I definitely think so, but he doesn't Probably. fix all the problems. He doesn't fix all of the problems that the Rockets. What have I would fixed. like the to see have a lot of problems. Yeah, well, they don't. They don't have. They, any, have, a, they have. They you have, have to put it in perspective. We're a team that literally one of you know you take the Warriors out for one of the past three years. We're in the championship, we're and we win at least one of them, and we're winning. Yeah, it's just. It, you know, it's been the the, be, the best way to sum up, and this can be applied to both the Houston Texans 
and unfortunately the, the, the Aggies, unfortunately, as being a lifelong Aggies fan, um, is painfully interesting. Uh, we're all mainly in playoffs for the Rockets because the regular season we just smoke everybody. Yeah. But the best way to sum up playoffs, win or lose, it's by a small amount, and you're about to have a heart attack at any point. And the worst part is if, if you lose or if you're trailing, it's always by a very small amount, especially this playoff season. So oh, you're yeah. like, oh, there's still hope. So you're still sitting there wasting your time watching the game you're only for you to take an L. With hope, and it just gets completely trashed. Yeah. So the position I would really love for the Rockets to go after, especially if they're going to offer as much money as they are going to Jimmy Butler, I would really love to see them go get another power forward because getting another really big-bodied person – um, that could re- that could really drive in. You you could ice him, but you don't really need to. Someone who can really attack the rim to free up Capella from that, you know, preluded double team that the the Warriors could use again. Considering if they decide to keep their well, not decide if they're able to keep their entire roster again. Yeah, which I don't. Meaning I, I KD don't or, or or uh, Clay decides not to leave. Um, I think that I, could happen, and I think adding a power forward would solve a lot of that pro- uh, those problems, and might end up being cheaper and more manageable in the long term than bringing in Jimmy Butler. We bring Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler in, probably going to be a two- to three-year contract, which is, which is great. And it kind of fits where uh, the line of where CP3 is going. I think he's got a good three years left. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm not, I'm not distance play at all. He's, he's one, he is the point god. Um, but his time is limited, as is so many other people in that class of 03, 04, 05, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, actually, there's only one active player, uh, assuming Carmelo decides not to come back, uh, not to come back, or doesn't get a, a contract, um, that is still left, and that's LeBron James. Everyone else is retired, or the only other person that's still from that class of '03 is Carmelo, and he's a free agent trying to get on. I think yeah. the Lakers. Well, that's another uh, topic for another time. Um, basically, I guess to kind of wrap this segment up. Um, I would love to see the rocker, uh, Rockers Rockets uh, pursue a power forward more than I would uh, a small forward like Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But I think Which, Jimmy Butler would work. Jimmy Butler would absolutely work. He would definitely work, especially if the Warriors you know, have issues. Don't keep either KD or Clay if one of them leaves. If one of them leaves and we happen to get Jimmy Butler, I think we have a great shot at, at beating them and getting to the finals. Depending on how the rest of these teams shape up. I, yeah. I, I, depending on how good the Lakers get with their new <laughs> max the contracts. Yeah. Um, but as far as getting to the Western Conference Finals and probably getting to the championship, the odds are better. The odds are a whole uh, lot with Jimmy better. Butler, especially defensively for sure. I think what we would not get from from getting a more presence in the paint, from getting a, a, a true big power forward, we would make up for with Jimmy Butler's def- uh, what he brings defensively. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've mentioned with getting a new power forward. I'm not hating on P.J. Tucker at all. P.J. Tucker, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated power forwards in the game. My only issue with him, and it's not really even an issue, he's just not a true power forward. He's a corner three guy. He'll occasionally back somebody down, but he doesn't have post presence like Blake Griffin or Aaron Gordon, uh, who plays for the Magic right now, does. Now, defensively, P.J. Tucker, I think, is one of the I think, top three defenders in the league, and he has been for the last five seasons. Um, and he's another guy that he's not, he's not a ball stopper either. Does he move the ball as good as CP3 or Harden? No, because he's a power forward and he's most of the time sitting in the corner waiting for his three. Yeah. You know, you go to a Rockets game, they have a little animation called PJ's corner and it looks like a diner. 
Um, and whenever he hits a corner three, they'll like do this little animation. That's with a great his... name for a diner. Yeah, PJ's That's corner. That's a great name for a diner. Um, so that there's that. Uh, I think if we get um, Jimmy Butler and keep PJ Tucker, which he's he's still on contract, we have no uh, worry of losing him. Mm-hmm. Things will be work out great because having those two defending, are you kidding me? Yeah, that would be I, oh that my would goodness, be something. And to speak of which, James Harden's defense <clears throat> gone through the roof, dude. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, this time three years ago, everyone was talking about how he didn't play defense, and now, now he led the team in steals yeah. in playoffs. He was killing it defensively this yeah. year. Now, could it have been better in some areas? Yeah, but I mean, he's your he's. I mean, he went from being to, called compared to a, what he'd been. Yeah, like he it was a vast improvement. It oh, was yeah. a very good. I, I mean, and, I, I think. 200% improvement from what he, he was three years ago. At, at least, honestly. Um, with the Dwight Howard days, we he was a liability on defense, and now he's not. I mean, that, no, he's, he's, that, that improvement alone, which he's exceeded from not being a liability, he's gone past that. He's led the team in steals in many many games, and I'm, I'll fact check myself when we're done with this because we ain't got signal here. But I do believe he led the team in steals during the playoffs. Might he, have to, to fact check that. I think that sounds right because um, I don't think anybody else really had. Uh, well, you have PJ and Chris or, Paul. Yeah. But I, I do think I think Harden led it uh, postseason. Mm. Uh, I think he did. We'll, we'll do, you know we'll double check. We'll it. double we'll check. Probably it. sound dumb later when we're completely wrong and this goes up. Yeah. Well, it's, honestly, well, it's okay if they if they read the description of this podcast, they'll know exactly why. Does it say Does it say amateur sportscasters? No, it, it says we're really good at sounding what we talk about, even though we don't always yes, know what we're talking about. Yes, that's so true. That's so true. So to wrap that up, uh, even though we've already said we're going to wrap that up before, Jimmy Butler coming to Houston. I think gonna be great if we mm-hmm. can, if we can wrap would, that up. I would love to see that. I would love but to I, see that. I, I think there's a, I think it's sixty forty uh, percent chance that uh, between Philadelphia getting him. I think they're I think they have the upper hand they, right now. They definitely have the upper hand. They and have the, I think they it's forty percent chance the Rockets could land him just because he wants to be back in his hometown. He made he made the attempt when he was with Minnesota to get traded to Houston, mm-hmm. um, but and the Rockets put up a lot for him. They put up Eric Gordon and three first round picks for Jimmy Butler. Hmm. But Minnesota w- was dead set on not getting Jimmy Butler back into the Western Conference. They wanted him in the East, so they made the trade to Philadelphia, even though they knew that would make Philadelphia a stacked team. So the Rockets have expressed interest in him before. He knows that. He knows they're willing to move people around to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, I think the Philadelphia 76ers have a slight edge in getting Jimmy. But, but it could it could shift it just because of the whole, whole hometown thing, and maybe we can move some player out, uh, players around to get a better contract might, to offer we him. We might have a better chance at getting him. I think it, we have a better chance of getting him than the Clippers do by far. <laughs> the Clippers, I forgot. But that being said, the, the Clippers have a lot to the offer. Clippers, the Clippers, as, as have, we said earlier, have more have more money. The Clippers uh, are just that team that is just they're waiting for they're waiting just to for get these two max contract spot. No, no, they're, they're a team that you just got to drop two more all stars in, and then. You you have a contender for the championship. Mm-hmm. They're just they're basically like this. They're basically last year's team that went three two against the Warriors. Well, technically four two, but made the made the the series three two against the Warriors in the first round and played very good the entire regular season. They were I think they had a five seed, if I remember correctly, something, something five like or that, six. I think so, uh, which is very good for their lack of like superstar players. Mm-hmm. They're just a team waiting to just. You, they're like that starter pack. You just got to drop, some, you know, some elite uh, two players in there, and they're just ready to go. It, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But like I said, I think Houston and Philadelphia are the top the two. With contenders. Philadelphia, with yeah, with a Philadelphia, a slight edge over Houston, just because they can offer more money. I think they yeah. can offer forty-seven million, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was something, something like around that, that it was ballpark. Around there. 
And definitely, if, if Jimmy Butler was looking for money at this time, that's more appealing. Yeah. Uh, unless the Rockets give up Eric Gordon or Capella. Or both. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, would not, I would rather them just give up Eric Gordon and draft picks than yeah. Capella. Um, so with that, I guess we'll go ahead and... Uh, this is going to be probably my favorite part of the segment because I am a Hornets fan. I'll confess. It's basically the same reasoning that I, I was a Browns fan before they got good. Uh, that reasoning is, you can only go up. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you just say the Browns got good? Yeah. Okay, compared to compared to compared zero, to what it was, okay, I'll give it. I'll give like, it that. I'll okay, give it that. they compared were an exciting to team wins. to watch this year. They were they were yeah. literally one. It, one they were one interception away from a playoff spot. Really? Yeah, I wasn't watching them that. Close. So basically, like to sum up how the Cleveland Browns did not make the playoffs, what they needed to make the playoffs, or, or maybe they maybe they they were still one win off with this, but I thought they were. I, I thought it was between them. Uh, I forget what team they were playing against. It might have been the Bengals. It was between them, the team they were playing against in this final game, and the Steelers. And basically, the Steelers needed them to beat this other team they were playing in their last game for them to uh, to win. Basically, the, the Steelers needed to win, and they needed the Browns to beat this other team. And I think the Browns would have gone if they would have beat that team, and the Steelers lost. I think that was the situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, I think that it, it's been it's been literally half, actually almost nine months since that that game. It's been a while, but it's been but a hot the, minute I, compared to the season before. They compared were a team that wins. went and beat some really good teams, and yeah, I'll give. Them I, that. I would say they were electric. Yeah, I'll give them that. So they had they had a not a great season, but I mean, literally a three thousand percent improvement to getting one win <laughs> to getting one win to having that's that one pretty, guy in the, in the stands great. with the. Uh, in December, like all I want for Christmas is a win, like one win. Yeah, one win. He, he didn't put like a win. He literally put the one number one. Win. Um, um, but but yeah, so, besides that, so uh, back we're to the about, Hornets. Yes. So that's my reasoning for liking the Hornets. I've been following them, but mm. uh, basically, my liking for the Hornets now has become more evident because we got Kimball Walker, um, seven-year veteran. He's been leading the Char- uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, forever now. He he is their guy. Has been their guy. He may not be their guy as we're about to get into, completely long-term. Um, but what we're seeing is basically Kemba, I think, is the dark horse in this whole draft. Um, I mean, because, and here's my reasoning for that. I say the dark horse just because all these other superstars that are in this free agency, like Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie, KD, Clay, we mm. know what they can do when they're, when they're with a fantastic team. They're capable of just taking it to the next level. They, we know where they fit. Kemba has been with the Hornets for the past seven seasons, and it only made three playoff. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't even know about three playoff appearances. I think he's only had three playoff wins. Ooh, yeah. Not and he great. missed the playoffs the past three years in a row. So basically, like Kemba's been tearing the league up. He's averaging twenty five point six points per game, four point four rebounds, five point nine assists, and basically, it's been like. All right, Kimbo, that's great, but you're kind of with the Hornets, so you're not even in the playoff picture. So just mm-hmm. keep go playing with your sandbox over there. Yeah. So I think me calling him the dark horse is basically saying we don't know what he can do when he's on a legitimate team that no. will be in the playoff picture. No, he's he, and even with it's a team the unknown that, that makes that that makes like, his, him the dark horse. Like, yes. So basically, his situation is um, because of, uh, he just became last year, uh, a starter on, uh, on, on the, uh, all-star game. Um, and the fact he's been a seven year veteran, all this other stuff, the, uh, and with the Hornets for seven years, Charlotte has the opportunity 
to offer him um, the Supermax contract of $221 million, which is the Ooh, fattest contract I've ever seen. So that much is probably, quite a dude, bit. Dude, that contract looking diabetic. That's how big That's of a contract <laughs> it is. Um, no offense to people with diabetes at all. That was, that was a mean joke. But that contract looking fat. It's, it's a big contract. That is a very, very yeah. big contract. So we'll get into that contract because there's some controversy with that contract in a minute. But his other options, um, basically, I think his top two. There's, of course, he can go to the Clippers. There's also talks he might go to the Nets. The Clippers are just everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, the Clippers. The, the Clippers are just the, that team just sitting there with their hands up, like, please, just come. We're ready. We have we, we have, have everything cookies. ready for you. Just we come. Have cookies. Yeah. We have cookies. Come here. They're, well, they're, they're just that team that is just ready. For, like you just ready you for give anybody. them two. You give them one or two all stars, and they'll be they're set. Like yeah. everything else is built around. They have a fantastic bench. We, I mean, we, we've gone over this enough. Um, but basically like, I think his, his top two options based on what I've heard, um, from news reports from, uh, from the North Carolina, uh, news companies that I've been searching up online is, uh, it looks like it pending that he does not want to get the money from Charlotte and mm-hmm. he decides, which we don't, we actually, I actually have no idea what he wants to do. So in the situation, he decides to step out of Charlotte, his top two teams are going to be the Lakers or the Knicks. Um, the Lakers, just because it seems like he would fit fit in well with that, especially if Kyrie or Kawhi decides not to go there. Which, if you yeah. ask me, one of those guys is not going to end up on, on, on that roster no matter what. Yeah, no, they don't. There they might just, be a possibility they just don't they have enough money. They might be able to. Now, I think I think we mentioned earlier that they only have enough room for one more All Star. Yeah, they have they have one. So basically, I think Kemba is that left. guy looking on the outside in. Um, and if you ask me, I think he might be, he might be basing his decision off of if they don't sign Kyrie or Kawhi, I'm that guy. Yeah, he's that that guy that could come in and he, he's, he's he's their third piece of the puzzle. You got yeah. you got LeBron, you got AD, Kemba at point guard would just be phenomenal. He'd be another guy mm-hmm. that basically you could you could rotate LeBron out and leave him in there, kind of like what the Rockets do with CP3, but as a true in his peak point guard that can literally just run. He literally runs the show himself in Charlotte sometimes. Yeah. Actually, 80% of the time. Sometimes his other players around him will have really good games. We're seeing good stuff from Miles Bridges. Um, I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of a, a homeboy rooting for Frank Kaminsky because he's one of my favorite players in League of the Watch. He's not a big impact player. Mm-hmm. In, some, in some cases, considered a bust. But he, in the second half of this season, when he actually got playing time, he was averaging about 15, 16. And really came up, uh, came up clutch against the Raptors uh, that actually – I don't know if anyone knows this. Charlotte Hornets won the regular season series over the Raptors. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, the, the team that just won it. Charlotte, in as far as like they, they call it the regular season series, like you know, the yeah. overall series of like when you each time you play them, you compare the two uh, with the wins and losses. Yeah, they beat the the Raptors series in the regular uh, season. They beat I, them. I didn't know that. Yes, that's 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 crazy. Mm-hmm. Two of which with Jeremy Lamb clutch threes, by the way, which is which was awesome. Jeremy Lamb has really come up strong in the in the second half of the season. Now, again, most people here listening to this are gonna be from Texas, they're gonna be like, Charlotte Hornets, Jer- Jeremy Lamb, who are you talking about here? <laughs> um But just Google it all. There man. are some people that might be kind of getting out of the cracks uh in the Hornets that can maybe give Kimba some something to look forward to if he decides to stay and get that fat stack. Um, which that we'll get fat stack, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, as talking about where he fi- fits in with the Lakers, he he literally will be their point guard, and he and mm-hmm. he will literally just run that show. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, not, I mean, LeBron would be the head guy running Ooh, the show, but as far as distributing LeBron, the ball, LeBron, yeah, LeBron I mean, is the, the main last guy, the last yeah. time that LeBron really had a, a main point guard that could help him distribute the ball was when he was with. You can say he was with when he was with Cleveland with Kyrie, or you could say when he was with the Heat with the big three, aka. I really, I really refer to the Miami Heat as the big four because everyone refers to the Miami big three as you know Wade, Bosh, and and James. Everyone forgets that freaking Ray Allen was in there, and if it weren't for Ray Allen, they would not. He, he nailed that clutch shot in the semifinals with literally three seconds left after LeBron missed to send them to the championship, and not to mention was one of the best three point shooters of all time. Mm-hmm. So you can make the argument there was a big four. That's off uh, off subject there, but when we've seen LeBron with a very good point guard that can help him distribute the ball, he, he, he he's just excelled. Yes, it just um, makes LeBron as good look as he a whole is, lot better as yes, well. As good as he is on his own. Um. Now, there's that situation that Kemba has, could, could possibly get into, in my opinion. I think with the Lakers situation, they're pursuing Kawhi and Kyrie more than Kemba. And that Kemba's on the outside looking in. We'll see what develops. We'll find out a lot Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday's going to be crazy. So, so I, I think Sunday is going to re- reverse a lot of what we just said in the past probably hour or so. Yeah, but probably. Th- this is based on before Sunday a free agency opens, for those mm-hmm. who are listening later than that. Um, his second option... Which I think, I think with every moment that um, that we're getting closer to sun, to Sunday, the Knicks' options are really getting lower. It's looking like KD and Kyrie are not going to try to get over there. Uh, it's actually looking like the Nets have a better advantage now. Again, this is all just news reports and, uh, in my opinion, just hype. Um, but it's looking like the New York Knicks' options are getting slimmer. But it looks like Kemba has some interest in going to the Knicks because he grew up in New York and the Bronx. So you know the the Nets and uh, and the Knicks may be able to have some pretty good negotiations able with to work them. something out. As, well, especially if you see Kawhi and uh, and Kyrie or, or or Kyrie, I don't think it's going to be an and one of those two sign with the Lakers and not Kemba. Then he's really going to have some options with the Knicks and uh, and the Nets. Mm-hmm. You really see some opportunities open up there. Now, as far as his situation with Charlotte. Um, this is basic. I'm gonna give you all the reasons why Kemba. I don't know about you could say should leave. Um, biggest thing is this super max that they can offer him is 221, uh, 221 million. That's a fantastic contract. That's crazy. It, 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 it's it, it's sick. The problem is the the Hornets have been a, such a terribly managed team, and you can make the argument that as the owner, Michael Jordan has not done a, a very good job drafting players or managing them because as an owner he doesn't have as much influence as the GM does but he has influence especially yeah. being he's freaking MJ he's going to tell MJ no um they they are one of, they are like kind of like the San Diego Chargers when they had LT they were kind of one of the oh, worst managed yeah. teams in NBA yeah um I'll, I'll go through these contracts right here and I'll give you some stats for a few of them so okay. uh this is the biggest one that I have an issue with and this is literally what I'm pretty sure every freaking Hornets fan has an issue with. Uh, a five-year contract with Nicholas Batum for 120, uh, 120 million, and he averages nine points per game, five assists. No, I'm sorry, 4.9 assists or something like that. It's it's around. We'll, we'll round, round, round up. up. Five. Call it five. Call it five. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was five re- rebounds and 3.3 assists. That's what it was. Um, yeah, yeah. It was five. It was five rebounds and 3.3 assists. Which, in my opinion, in today's modern NBA league, that kind of makes bad. him a little bit of a, of a, of a ball stopper. That's, not to mention the dude's not scoring and he's playing 31 minutes a game. 
Yeah, that's not good. And you have him on five years for 120, 120 million on a max contract. Now here's here's the kicker: they cashed out on him with that that fat uh, max contract before they cashed out on Kimba. Yeah, that's really Kimba dumb. Does, Kimba doesn't have as big a contract as Nick Batum has right now. They're just Kimba now getting to the point where they can cash a, out on him. Kimba is definitely a bigger catch than what was his name? Uh, Batum. Batum. Just call him Batum. Batum. Nicholas yeah. Batum. So I'm sorry. The other thing is, uh, basically, Nicholas Batum has now been labeled as one of those guys that basically has what you call one or two good look at me for a contract years. He, he had one uh, one or two really good seasons where he had some really good numbers. And then once he got his big his big fat contract, now all he of a sudden just, he's just dropped. Yeah. I mean, name another person who is getting paid $121, uh, $120 million over five years. Basically, almost you made the argument he's supposed to be a franchise player who's averaging nine points per game. That it just it doesn't it make doesn't any happen. sense. It's, that's called under under delivering. So the fact that they they have that huge liability and he's not performing there, obviously Kemba would have a reason to leave for that. But I have three more reasons here. Um, uh, one of them I'll make the argument that it's not a liability. These other and I'll probably I'll probably only say one of these is actually a huge liability. I don't have the stats for these other three players, but I've watched them play and I can give you some summaries on them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a four-year contract for $54.5 million for Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams, good power forward. Um, in my opinion, he's not worth the $54.4 million. Uh, but he was, one, he was one of their... Basically, a lot of these guys were given these big contracts because Michael Jordan uh, was the GM at the time they drafted him. Yeah. And Michael Jordan uh, just believed that they could succeed. And uh, even though they, they might have underperformed in their first year or their second... Um, they had to keep their big contract to stay uh, to keep them on. And my guess is Michael Jordan did not want to let them go. Mm-hmm. But um, Marvin Williams is one of those players that was drafted as a first round pick when uh, when Michael Jordan had a heavy influence in the draft. You can make the argument he still d- does, but a bigger one at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, is he playing as good as fifty four point five million for four years? In my opinion, no, no. Is he better than Batum? Absolutely. I would keep him over Batum any day. I would keep the rest of these three guys combined over, over, Batum. over Batum any day. Um, Michael Kid, uh, Kid Gilchrist basically has the same contract. Four years, $52 million. Um, what's, yeah. his, what's his stats look like? Or do you not have him pulled up? I don't have him pulled up, but they're probably about, they're about the same as uh, Marvin Williams. He's another power four that can come mm-hmm. in. He, uh, he'll get. I think he averages maybe double digits in points, maybe ten or eleven. I mean, he's doing better than Batum. Yeah, I mean, I, better than Batum, uh, mainly because he's getting he's getting paid less, not because he's completely exceeding. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're okay players, but not worth their money, in my opinion. I wish they had a smaller yeah, it's, contract. It's just it's just poor management, poor distributing. Because mm-hmm. I mean, with with one hundred and twenty million dollars uh, to Batum, you could draft or you, you can pay sign. Kimba. That's what you can do. Yeah, you, you can, can pay, pay Kimba. Kimba, and he's staying, you can, and you can keep him. But I, I think Kimba has made it granted, clear. Granted, Kimba has what was it the two. Two hundred and twenty million contract that they he, offered he, him. He or can something be like paid that. up to two hundred and twenty-one million. Yeah. Um. um I, I don't. Really but right think... now, the problem is with Charlotte. Well, let me finish going through this, and I'll tell yeah, you. Go ahead, what's go going ahead. on? That's so point. the last guy I'll go through is Cody Zeller. He's a center. In my opinion, um, this is. I think this is the one of these three um, that I, I've gone through. We're not counting Nick Batum. This, I've gone yeah, through four players here. The last three. three I've gone to. This one is the most bang for your buck and the most worth it of these last three I've gone through. Is he I've being paid through. the less, the least amount, though? Uh, 
he's he's they're all in the 50s. So he's Ooh. actually 2 million over. Okay, um, okay. the other two, he's at 56 million for 4 years. Okay. Which is not he, he actually puts up good numbers. I've been following him for a while. Uh, he he has good presence in paint. He's one of their he's one of their few centers that has pretty good interior defense. Frank Kaminsky kind of has some good interior defense, but he's for his first two years of his three that he's had with Charlotte, he was known as a liability in the in, in the interior paint. Um, Biombo, who's a, another center that I don't have his contract pulled up. I think he's I think he's uh, a guy that they've what had. Did for, you say? Did you his, say his last name is Biombo? Biombo. Yeah, yeah it's, it sounds it it's sounds like a really name. Cajun name. It's but, a fun name. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's on a big contract, to my knowledge, or I would have seen him as a liability. I literally just looked up Charlotte Hornets liabilities, and this came up. So here you go. Um, so uh, he Biombo is another guy that I, he's not as good uh, offensively as Zeller is. Zeller, I think, is their best center offensively. You mm-hmm. can make the argument Frank is really good offensively just because he's got a good three range. Um, Frank is – Frank's, in my opinion, not a true center. He's kind of a more of a modern one, but that's a whole different subject for a whole mm-hmm. other time. We're not getting into that. Uh, but Cody Zeller, I think, of those three I just mentioned – Is is the is one that they should – The one, really if, they, if they were to be forced to trade away two out of the three of those guys I just mentioned – They'd have to they, keep – They need to keep Cody Zeller. Yeah. Um, so – we're seeing all this right now. We're seeing, I mean, we're seeing five years, Nick Batum, 120 million. In my opinion, they need to trade him as soon as they can. Uh, but more importantly, right now, the Charlotte Hornets cannot, it's been made official that they cannot pay the 221 million to Kemba without having to pay a luxury tax, which would just, they, that would put them at a nonprofit, not just as a team, but at a, an entire organization for the, for the entire next season. Not, not, just, not, the, whole, no not the whole rest that's of their franchise. No but that's saying you go through a whole season, and because of this luxury tax and all these moves you've made, you're going to come out not just even. You're going under. You are that's, that's not like they're going to close. Not, not that they're going to not a good move. Not that it would just completely crater them, but they're going to come out without a profit for for a year. Which if they were to pay 221 million to Kemba without make, getting rid of any of this, it's just not a it's just not a wise move. So, especially since th- some of those guys are well overpaid, you could just mm-hmm. cut back on that just a little bit, and you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. And w- what's been made uh, clear is the the max amount with their with their current contracts that I just listed to you, they can offer Kemba is 171 million or maybe 170 flat. I forget which. It's a, it's in the 170. Uh, Mills. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot, but it's not what Kemba said he he needed if he if they if he wanted to stay for sure. Wait, he said that he he needed the two. There's there's been stuff going around, all kinds of stuff about what Kemba has been saying. Quote, I'm doing air quotes saying. Um, but basically, it's been made evident that he it's a he would almost almost be a lock if he got his full 221 million with Charlotte. Um, just because that, that. He's not going to get another offer like that anywhere else. That yeah, dude no, would have to work a day in his nowhere life. else. Um, now, the fact that they can't do that means they they got to do one or two things: let him go if he doesn't want to take the one hundred seventy million, or they got to get rid of at least two of these guys to really open up and, and, open and get up over a that whole hump. Lot, a whole lot more. For in, in my to opinion, be in my opinion, you want to keep the other three guys I mentioned before, Nick Batum, and you just want to trade Batum. Perfect, because he's the biggest liability out of all of them. Um, I really think just getting rid of, uh, of him would just be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that's the situation with Kemba and the Hornets. Personally, of course, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Hornets fan. I would love to see them keep Kemba Walker just because he's been electric to watch even though they haven't um, been a, necessarily a good team. 
Uh, I mean, this year they were literally just one win away from the playoffs, and I, I was like all on my all on my toes watching them the whole uh, the whole last ten games. They had a really good run the last ten games, really played well, made improvements as they went on throughout the season. I mean, you saw multiple players like Miles Bridges and Frank Kaminsky. Even though Miles Bridges is a rookie, um, Frank is a three uh, a three year player. Uh, that had really good second half of the seasons. They managed to get a series win over the Raptors. I could not believe that. But it wasn't playoffs, and that was another one of Kevin's requirements. He, he says, I want to be in the playoffs this year. Which any any player does. Any player Especially someone as good playoffs. as Kemba. When you're yeah, playing that good, absolutely. you deserve to be in the playoffs. You, yeah. Um, so, uh, was there improvement from last year? Yes. But it, it wasn't enough to satisfy Kemba staying without the full Supermax. Yeah. Now, another thing that could contribute to Kemba wanting to leave, well, you can make the argument he would want to stay with this or leave. Uh, one of the draft picks that I uh, analyzed was um, he happened to go to the Hornets, but he was a guy I was watching before because uh, he, he was the best uh, player in Kentucky we've seen and one of the best power forwards in the draft, you can make the argument. Uh, I think he was picked 10 or maybe 9 overall. I believe it was 10 or 11. Uh, P.J. Washington, a guy who came out of Kentucky, uh, starter. He, he played there for um, – Two years, um, I, I I don't forget what he averaged his, for, uh, his first season. Other than that, his three point percentage was twenty three percent. His three point percentage, his second season at Kentucky because he decided to opt out of the draft and stay another year and develop. He got it up to forty three percent, so pretty big improvement there. Um, he averaged fifteen points per game. Uh, I think seven rebounds. Those are excellent stats right there. Only thing that I think uh, as far as like Kemba analyzing this analyzing this draft pick that might want to say make him a go, you know what, I, I just don't want, to, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't like where this team is going. Um, you can make the argument that um, we'll, we'll go into the stats. He averaged 1.9, I'm sorry, 1.8 assists per game, but he averaged two turnovers a game. So in, in his second year, he, he turned the ball over more than he assisted in scoring, which as good. a power forward in a, in a college game, it's not too alarming for me, but you can make the argument that he that in college he was a ball stopper, which is not good. Um, not now, bad. you have to put it in perspective. He's a power forward. He's not mm-hmm. – it's great if a power forward can distribute the ball, and that's what gets them to the next level. Yeah. But his game is not complete yet. He's got something to work on. He's got, he's got that one just little thing missing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, not, they, that's not what the Hornets needed. They needed someone no. to come in right away like R.J. Barrett and just – like R.J. Barrett is, the, in my opinion, with all the talent that was drafted – uh, including Zion. Uh, I think Zion is tied with him, but RJ is uh, literally, he was the most NBA-ready player. He was the most complete, most ready to just drop in and, and just go. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, see, we'll see if that comes true, but in my opinion, that was, that was where it was. Um, so that being said, you can make the argument that the Hornets did not get what they wanted. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not the Hornets. Kemba did not get what he wanted to see out of the draft. But with the options that were there, I think they did a really good job. They they needed a really good power forward that can, I think, in a, in a year or two, can excel over Michael K. Gilchrist, Marvin Williams, mm-hmm. um, and give them a reason to trade them. Because who are they going to get right now? There's not very many good power forwards available for trade, which is an issue, a, issue we may, we mentioned earlier. There's no really good power forwards that the Rocks, Rockets can really go get that yeah. on the market. It, it, I mean, there's no Aaron Gordons out there. Um, so t- ain't no more Chris, Chris Bosch is retired. I mean, forward. Yeah. Uh, Blake Griffins is still a restricted free, uh, free agent for another year with the, the Pistons, so he's not available either. Um, so 
as far as for what is not in the league and what they don't have as far as good, it was a good pickup and a good choice. Mm -hmm. But it's not what I think Kemba was looking for. Um, So we'll see where that kind of goes. I'm just not entirely sure. Um, Honestly, nobody really knows exactly what the decisions Kemba going to make, but it's leaning towards definitely meeting with, maybe even signing a contract with these other teams he's looking at mm-hmm. because he can't get that full Supermax with the Hornets because of how terribly mismanaged they've been. Um, now, I, I, maybe if they can make a move to trade Nick Matum immediately before he signs with someone else, then they can get that full two, $221 million. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they, they can, they can, they they can get, pull him they back in. probably pull something off. But, but that's, um, that's, I know I've, wa- I've wasted a lot of time talking about Kemba just because he's one of my favorite players. But mm. I do believe he is the dark horse in this draft just because we have not, like I said, we have not seen him with a really good team. We don't know what he's capable of, of when he's with a, a supporting cast that is as good as what LeBron, uh, Kyrie, KD, name the list of the free ag- uh, all the great free agents as they've had. Yeah. So look at, really looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Do we have anything else to cover? As far as NBA goes? Uh, I think we've pretty much covered just about most of it. Yeah, all right. So I think we'll go ahead and end this segment right here. So that kind of sums up. Bef- this is uh, this is pre-Sunday of uh, free agency officially opening up for all this, mm-hmm. uh, this official stuff to happen. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I'm excited to see. Basically, in my opinion, this NBA free agency season is one of the it's, is so it's big. Been, it's been it's a pretty crazy sport. One. It's it's it, been a pretty crazy free agency season for the yeah, NBA this it, year, and this summer free agency is basically going to make the NBA f- free agency turn into basically a sport. We don't have football, we don't have basketball. All we got, all we got is baseball got right NBA now, and those games agency. are limited. So it's like, all right, let's turn on NBA free agency and see what Woj has got to say. Um, that's basically or, my entertainment for now. Because or Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> that's that's I, I love base I love baseball, but it's not as electric as the, the other two sports, and doesn't mm-hmm. always keep me entertained. But the Astros and everyone else are doing pretty well. Uh, I still watch them. I'm still a fan. I'm, Absolutely, I'm, I'm pretty loyal to them. If you're from H Town, I support you. Absolutely. But yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap that up right there. We'll go ahead and transition. All right, and we're back, and we're just, you know, we just, I think probably close to an hour a week. We, we haven't looked at the time or anything, but we just dropped a massive segment of NBA talk. So this last segment right here is just going to be a, a quick NFL, mainly Texans kind of a run through. Whoop, whoop. Yep. So, um, yeah, and we're going to wrap it up right there. So, uh, Texans, what do we got about that? Who? All right, Texans. So we started, we started camp a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was I think it was voluntary camp, mm-hmm. but uh, I the think it's voluntary funny. slash you really should show up if you want to stay on this yeah, team kind of camp. Yeah, but um, no, uh, Texans. I mean, honestly, the main thing we gotta fix is our offensive line. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, uh, what was it? We hurt like almost. We our led entire- the league in both uh, sacks on a quarterback and. Uh, I'm pretty sure injuries on a quarterback as well. Yeah. I know. I know we led the league in sacks. Dot 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 on our own quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that was a for sure stat. I'm pretty sure Deshaun Watson got hurt, hurt more than any other quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, I remember there was there was a specific game. I think it was against either Jacksonville or um, the Dolphins, where usually we would fly from Houston. We would fly our whole team over there, but we had to bu- we had to bring out a whole charter bus just for Deshaun because. 
uh, he had a collapsed lung or something, and he was and still, so he couldn't fly. Yeah, but he was still going to play. So yeah. basically, like it was the, it was the air pressure or something like that. He was deemed yeah. not safe for flight, but somehow for a football game. So we ran out a whole charter bus, and it was just him on it. That had to have been lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was. First of all, that props to Watson for playing with that. But second yeah, of all, for real. my goodness. <laughs> we, yeah, come on, offensive uh, We're, we're going to have to like bubble up. wrap Deshaun Watson, I swear. <laughs> 20 minutes before the game, you uh, just Walking go to out the there like the freaking Michelin Man. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Mm. But no, it's just, it's just our, main, our main problem, really. Like we have – our defense is stellar. We have one of the best defensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Our secondary is finally getting getting everything together. Um, our linebackers have really always been good. We're mm-hmm. it's just even with the loss of Brian Cushing, even with the loss of Brian well. Cushing, we're uh, doing really well. That guy from Mississippi State, I should know his name. Uh, uh, McKenny is oh, looking. McKenny fa- McKenny is doing fantastic. fantastic. Now He's, he needs some work on his pass coverage, though, but. For for the position we have him playing in that four for, three, yeah, he he's, he's doing he's stellar. doing a great job, yeah. And our receivers are we have arguably if they one stay of the, freaking healthy. Oh we my have arguably goodness. one of the greatest receivers in yes. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, well, we, of, I think we the, have one of the best receiving cores in football. If they would have just stayed healthy, we lost Will Fuller. We lost. Uh, uh, well, we we I think we're gonna lose Demarius Thomas again. But Demarius Thomas came in with injury problems mm-hmm. uh, when, when we got him from the Broncos. We also lost uh, man. Who's our, who's our second man down from D Hop? I forget his name. Well, it was Will Fuller. Uh, basically, we lost. Oh, it was the guy from Arizona State. I forget his name. But basically, sum up, we lost three we lost, of our starting we lost four quite receivers. Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Will Fuller, Will Fuller was out for the season. Yeah. The other two, I think, came back from time to time. Demarius Thomas was able to finish out the season. Mm-hmm. Problem with Demarius Thomas is, it looks like we're going to lose him again. Even though we only had him for a short time, we didn't pay anything to have him. We had a trade. It's whatever. Um, but I would have loved to see them try to keep him. Um, but at the same time, one thing that kind of alarmed me was um, there was a recent report that basically, like, he got in a really bad car accident that he caused, like, himself. Now, he didn't, he didn't hurt anybody else, but he was, like, going 135 or 45. I actually didn't hear anything about that. Yeah. That's, that's insane. So, obviously, that's going to affect his contract because he's a free agent. So, everyone's yeah. going to try to sign up for cheap now because yeah, liability with that. Not that he's a bad person or anything. could have been, it, it, it takes one back day for something like that to happen. But yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't see all the details about it. I saw the report, read it, and they did not get specific as to – why? Uh, I just I saw the mugshot of him, and I saw that report that he was going oh, like he got a, 40, he got arrested for it. Yeah, oh, holy crap! He, dude, well, he was he going, caused an accident, and yeah. he was going like forty to fifty miles an hour over the speed Ooh, limit, which is usually so jail time. Good. So not good. Yeah. Um, now at the same time, of course, the freaking Patriots are are looking to try to get him. Uh, that was a report I saw shortly I after hate the that. Patriots. Well, it's their classic move. Someone who who needs to be brought in. On a low contract, who they're basically making the same moves like the Warriors, but you yeah. know, at some point was an All Star, well, not an All Star, a uh, a Pro Bowler, yeah, or a really good player that they can get for cheap, bring him in, and then basically they they give him for get him for two or three seasons. He plays great, and then they trade him or he goes to another team for a bigger contract. When he gets paid there, he either does really good or like a lot of. Uh, uh, players wants to get their contract doesn't perform as much as they did with their previous team. Yeah, uh, and that's basically what the Patriots are. They're just a football factory. 
Um, so mm-hmm. you could see Demarius Thomas go there, and but I'm I'm about certain at this point we're not going to have Demarius Thomas this next no, year. Probably not. But I do I do need I do need to fact check that. I don't think he showed up to OTAs though. Ooh, um, and he's definitely off our contract, so he'd have no reason to show up to OTAs. Yeah, yeah. So I need to read the uh, read the latest reports on that. But I was really hoping we could keep him for another season or two because uh, basically he's he was the main reason towards the. The last couple games uh, that uh, Hopkins numbers went up a little bit. He didn't have to get doubled as much. I mean, he did not get doubled as much, mm-hmm. um, or or tripled in some cases because Demarius Thomas is another deep threat, yeah, and a great route runner. Absolutely. So it was great having him there. Um, now I believe uh, that we went over that we just lost uh, Alfred Blue, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, Alfred Blue has been traded. Or has gone to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess with that, that is kind of a loss. That that that's. We were kind of handed an L, but it's not. It's not something. It's not that's something like a we huge can't. Loss. It's not something we can't come back. Mainly from. Because, I mean, we have. Yeah. We have uh, Foreman. Yeah, Deontay and, Foreman's looking really like a really good solid backup to to split downs with Lamar Miller. I really like how and he Lamar performed. Miller. It's just the biggest problem with Texans is uh, the O line is. Is the, the, the run O-line. game went down because of and, the O line. Lamar Miller didn't perform as well because of the O line. You look at Lamar Miller's best season, the offensive line uh, that he had with the Dolphins, but the year before he got traded mm-hmm. to to Houston, he had a fantastic offensive line there. Mm-hmm. That offensive just, line is coming gone with Miami now. It, it's it's <laughs> trash. Yeah, but um, no, it's but just, Lamar Miller needs a good offensive line to perform like he did back then, and that's what I mean. We're any to see team, any team needs a really good offensive line because if you can't. If you can't protect the quarterback, you can't put points up. Because mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, he's a fantastic quarterback. It's just there's only so much that he can do. Like there were very many times where he could he could get around and run around and slip through because he's good at that. He's great at that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to stay in the pocket. He's a he's fantastic at that. But at some point, it just gets it gets to be too much for just him to handle. Well, uh, as like what we saw with David Carr, who's considered a giant bust, he actually, when he played his first couple of years, put up decent numbers, and it was supposed to be one of the best athletes as far as quarterback and best quarterbacks in the draft at the time. Go back to the same time, he'd be a good pick. When he gets run into the ground for three years straight, uh, and same thing like what we saw with Watson. Now, Watson's playing much better than David Carr ever played. Mm-hmm. Not even comparable, and he's going to. It's he's gonna. Like, he's just gonna get better. Yeah, he's just, he's just gonna, gonna get, better. get better. He and as long as he stays healthy, God willing. Yeah, I, um, mean, I got nothing for prayers but that man because the offensive line, <laughs> oh our goodness. offensive line needs to really get it together. And yeah. I really hope they did. In the he has season. more upside than David Carr ever did, but David Carr is known as such a bust because of basically how he played his last. Basically, after that for that rookie contract, after he continued to play. He just did absolutely terrible because he got so beat up after those first couple seasons where mm-hmm. he lit- literally for, I think I think 80% of the time when he was with the Texans for those couple seasons, we led the team in injuries per uh, – not the team, the league in injuries per quarterback and sacks per quarterback, which we've <sighs> done with one season with uh, with Watson, and that's not good. That's It's not good. You got to keep – especially – we have a young quarterback. Mm. It, you gotta keep him. You gotta keep him protected. Granted, it, mm. you gotta keep your quarterback protected on At any team. But even Big Ben needs protection. Even big, even big Ben needs protection. It's just when he's that young, and uh, I don't want to mean it sound like he's really young, but he's he's a younger player. He's, he's not, still. He's, he's you can consider him still almost a rookie. Basically, yes, like he doesn't need to be getting hit as often. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. 
it's it's no good. Yeah, especially if you, if you want to make him, a, if you want to franchise tag him two or three years from now and, and make sure he he is Which your is franchise one hundred percent possible. Yeah, and it's the right move because he's the best quarterback we've had in well the be, actually ever. the best quarterback we've ever, ever had ever, and that's only off of two seasons of play. And you gotta franchise tag him, but if mm-hmm. he's not healthy, then it's not a wise it's decision, not, and it's, it's not—he's not gonna get franchise tagged by anybody if he's mm-hmm. limping everywhere. No. So they gotta make some more moves on offensive line. I think they did make some good moves in the draft. They got—they uh, got a really good second-round pick, offensive lineman, or maybe yeah, second-round pick. Mm. Um, I think that's the—he—he uh, he looked really good. I think it was the guy from a, a small Alabama school that looked really good, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was looked like a good pick. I watched some of his film. Uh, I wish I knew the name and I remember the school, but I just remember when I did go over it, it looked really good. Um, I think, honestly, even with their offensive line, I think one of their bigger gaps, not as bad as an offensive line because that thing is about as big a gap as the freaking Grand Canyon. Obama's immigration policy, they oh let God. everybody in. <laughs> now that's a gap. <laughs> um, we're not going to get political here, but that's a gap. Oh, man. Um, but I think another big gap they have uh, was corner, but they already filled that last season, and they just did it again. Yeah, yeah we, but I think the gap they haven't proceeded to fill. Um, actually, I think they did. They they got a third or fourth round pick that looked really good. I think we got the tight end from San Diego State, and he looked yes. really good. But he, that's not with any draftee, it's not guaranteed. They can look like an all star uh, in in college. But you bring him in, but and you bring him in, fit. yeah. Like their biggest gap they have to fill after their offensive line is tight end. One of the biggest Absolutely. problems we had converting the red zone was just it, it's kind of like I the same deal throw, with the Rockets in the power forward situation. I say just throw JJ Watt in there again because I mean, what is yeah, he? See, I was waiting for him to do that. Completion. Like we did it against Tennessee two years ago. And that mm-hmm. that was just fun to watch. We were lo- great. we were They're losing like, almost every game at that point yeah, because we, we didn't even make JJ. playoffs. But it was fun to watch. They just threw JJ in, and it's like, oh, he's gonna block, and then JJ goes out for a pass and catch as a touchdown. Well, that was the year he got player of the year. That was one of the things that got him over the edge. He had player, uh, mm-hmm. MVP of the whole he's, league. He's great. He scored a touchdown on offense and defense, which mm-hmm. is very very rare for a mm-hmm. player to do. Well, for the record, he actually did play before he went to Wisconsin. This is off topic, but before he got to Wisconsin, he was playing tight end at mm-hmm. um, Central Michigan. Yeah. And then they were they were talking about moving him to O-line. He didn't want to do that. He felt like he, um, he wanted to play tight end or defensive end. Uh, and that's where he kind of belonged. And, and even then, he, the other thing was he wasn't. It's not like he wasn't a team player. He just didn't want to make the move to O line to become a, a bench player. Yeah. So he decided to go play JUCO, then walk on to uh, Wisconsin, which worked out for him. Which one hundred percent worked out. One hundred percent worked out. Yes. Um, so there's that. With the tight end thing, we really had problems converting in the red zone because without the presence of a really big tight end, that like a Jimmy Graham, like a Rob it just Gronkowski, gets, it just gets a lot tougher. Well. The biggest thing you have to do when you have a star receiver like Hopkins, if the team is going to pass in the red zone or even in the goal line, you got to at least have two guys made up on them. When you don't, when the team you're facing against does not have a dominant tight end, or not even a dominant tight end, just one just that is good a, in the red zone and can get open in a yeah. one-on-one situation and use his body to get it, to the ball, it makes it a lot tougher on Hopkins. Well, now, well, now that defense who, who doesn't have to deal with that tight end in the red zone. Can double up on Hopkins with no worry at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's one of their biggest issues there. There, there were so many games last year where they were just like one touchdown away, and there were so many times they failed to convert the red zone with that. And I just feel like you know, if you have a team that has as good of a combination between their, a tight end and a quarterback, like the Saints did when they had Graham and Breeze, or 
the Patriots when they had Gronk and and, and Brady. Mm-hmm. When you're in the red zone, your, your conversion percentage will go up at least 35% to 40. Absolutely. Uh, and that's one of our biggest gaps there. I think we have every other, every other spot offensively filled. I mean, receiver, we definitely do. Yeah. Even though we lost receiver. Thomas, we still have a good receiving core. We, yeah. Especially if Will Fuller can stay healthy and learn that's, how to catch the ball. That's always been the biggest problem with the Texans is injuries. There's mm-hmm. no bigger enemy to the Houston Texans than injuries. Going all the way back to the Arian Foster days. I yes, mean, my absolutely. Goodness. There's, And I really don't think there's any other team that's really had as many problems with freaking injuries as the Texans. It's just every year there's always one star player that happens mm-hmm. to get hurt and it just it shakes it shakes uh what we had going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like when uh JJ got hurt, it really shook the defense and we weren't as good. Now JJ's mm-hmm. back. Granted, JJ I, I hate to say this, but I don't think he'll ever be as great as he was when a defensive player of the year three times in a row. No, I, w- I wouldn't say that. But so it, it'll but take a while because I mean a back it, I surgery think this to year come will back be like the year you're going to see that productivity again. Is, now last yeah. year he had a fantastic year. He, no, but I'm compared not, to I'm what not, he was I'm two not years ago, I'm not it wasn't there anything. Yet. I agree. He, he, I mean, he had just come back from a back surgery and a a, a broken mm-hmm. knee. Mm-hmm. What it was. And it's just something it's, that many doctors said he would not come back from and run again, much which, less do play in the NFL, which he did. Yeah, JJ's a straight beast. So I kind of disagree with you there. As uh, I think he'll, I think either this year or next, he's going to be as good as he once was when he was at MVP, or maybe even make another MVP run. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, as I knew when we first went there, even though he was healthy. Um, it wasn't going to be immediate. Nothing is ever immediate when coming back. No, with something absolutely like that. not. E- even when, um, I mean, as you, if you're going to go jump to the NBA real quick, even when Boogie Cousins came back, it was not immediate. Just tearing up the league. Not, not he didn't even really tear. You could, you could make the case he didn't even tear up the league in the playoffs when he really was fully 100 yeah. percent back with the Warriors. He played well, but he didn't play like he did when he was a, a, one of the a, most amazing All Star centers ever when he was with, with the Pelicans. Or the Kings, or whatever whatever argument or team you want to make, uh, make with him. Um, so I think JJ can only go up from here, as he always has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, last year for for freaking JJ Watt standards, I think he underperformed just a little bit. But having him back was just amazing. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he, for the standard that I have for him, he 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 definitely performed very well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and especially being uh, it was convenient enough that. Jadavion Clowney has finally decided to become good because for those first <laughs> yeah, no, two years he was either injured or rarely Clowney, making plays. Clowney, I always thought that I always had the biggest problem with this when Clowney, mm-hmm. when we got Clowney and he immediately got hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, what do we make that trade for? There is no reason for mm-hmm. us to make this trade if he's just going to well, be hurt. I could talk, tw- I could talk for the next back. 20 minutes about how I did not like the Clowney pick from the get go mm-hmm. and what evidence I had but in college now, that showed that he was going to have problems. But here's the thing. Now, and th- this is what I kind of suspected that the good side would come and would, uh, would happen. At the time we drafted him, we, were, we had just gotten into the playoffs, and we were trying to get that one more piece to the puzzle, kind of like what the Lakers had. Yeah. That one more piece to the puzzle to get us over the hump and get us to the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. We did not need uh, our first overall uh, draft pick because, yes, we were terrible the last season and – uh, end up with a first overall round pick in the NFL. That's how you get the first round pick. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, first overall pick is being terrible. Um, <laughs> but we Browns had so many players that that we just needed one more piece to, to to get us over that hump, get us back in the playoffs, maybe in the AFC Championship. We did not need a guy who needed to develop for two years. Yeah. Now that set aside, granted, 
the development he took for two years, he killed it this season. Mm. He was absolutely he, fantastic. He, he him and JJ what he Watt, to be. him and JJ Watt are just the duo that you have to fear. Well, because he, he became what exactly what he needed to be. Is he as good as JJ? No. No. But what he does is he takes double teams away from JJ, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what we needed him to do. Especially yeah, exactly. now that he's getting a little bit older and he's coming off injury. J, uh, Clowney could not have picked a better a, a better year to finally blossom and become the DN he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that he, I think, he only missed one game maybe this year. Uh, I think that's so. a little I bit more was, promising. Was that the beginning though. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, so we definitely saw a dramatic improvement there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the right time, because JJ did not need to be dealing with yeah, no, absolutely triple not. and double JJ, teams as yeah. much as he has when in his previous years. He needed some help. He needed just uh, Whitney Merciless is another player who yes. for the last three years he's been doing this, but especially this year became this year, a big he help. Really, he really showed off. Our defense um, our, secondary became a lot better. We yeah. still need work with our safeties because we lost um, Boye, uh, oh. AJ Boye. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think he went to the Jaguars, I believe, but we lost him, and that was a, that wow, was. Wow, we really big just loss. losing everybody to the freaking Jaguars. I, I, think, man. I think, yeah, I mean, it's a bad trend. Um, and the Dolphins, we lost uh, Arian Foster to the Dolphins, but it was kind of eh. they, they kind of took an L there because he played ten games and then decided to retire midseason. So yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'll live. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I think the Texans have made some good moves uh, in the draft. I'm just hoping that all the pieces fit together. All the pieces. Mainly with the offensive line. Fit. Yeah, the uh, offensive line, once again, stays the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. It, it, I would definitely watch this tight end from San Diego, though. I think mm-hmm. it, if he, you know, with the size I saw in him and how athletic he was, the only reason he wasn't a first rounder, or, or I think we picked him up in, in the third round, or, you know, the only reason he wasn't a second rounder either is just because he came from San Diego State. Kind yeah, of a weaker it conference. Wasn't a, it wasn't a big school. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like big at like A&M or mm-hmm. any one of those. Not, not a power five conference. No. But, you, but his stats and his height and weight. Kind of. You can really only go up, especially being we've got him as late as the third round. The third round is for the NFL draft. If you have an athlete, no matter what position he is, if you're at the third round and you have an athlete and he can be your guy for whatever position it is, you, got, you just got to take him. When you have mm-hmm. someone that athletic um, – it's it's worth the risk, especially at, at a position like tight end where you have a giant gap. Yeah. Granted, there's some decent tight ends the uh, the, the Texans had. There was there's a guy with the last name Thomas that came in and was just a touchdown machine for the last uh, couple mm-hmm. games. I think uh, from week eight on, he would get you know he would get a touchdown about every other game, uh, and, and some pretty good reception yards, but mainly in the red zone. Uh, and other than that, there really isn't other uh, any other tight ends that have been very explosive in the red zone at all, and that's been our gap. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that San Diego State guy can come in uh, and really kind of free us up there. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, so I, I got a question for you before you start that next one. Um, in the AFC South, who do you think is going to be the biggest problem uh, out of the Colts, the Jags, and uh, who is it? With Andrew Luck back, I would definitely say the Colts. I was thinking that as well. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Jags were the biggest problem. I mean, they knocked us out of the playoffs last year one. Yeah. Uh, the Jags seemed like they were the they were gonna be the biggest problem. They just happened. They had they, something. They became. Click, they, they did, they did really, what the Boston did really Celtics well. did. They just they just disappeared. Yeah, well, not they, disappeared. They, they just kinda, uh, split they apart. Just, yeah. Uh, and with Andrew Luck back in the Colts, I really think they'll continue to be our biggest problem, at least in the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Titans and the Jaguars, I think 
I don't want to say this for sure, but I think we might have a good enough hold to be able to beat them with what we have now mm-hmm. and what what we haven't even seen. Well, yet. and the Titans haven't made any big moves either. Yeah, n- n- neither have the Jaguars. Really. Well, the Jaguars got rid of uh, Bortles, which was pretty. Um, and they got Nick. I, 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 I haven't looked at this in a while, but I believe they got Nick Foles. Correct? Is it Nick Foles? Oh they gosh, got another I quarterback. I think they did. I 100 sure think they did. Yeah, which we, would, we that did not, would be for the NBA segment. For those of y'all who are wondering why we're kind of stuttering with the stats right here, uh, we we had stats and everything prepared for the NBA segment. But this one, we're just going off the top of our heads here. Um, but I, I believe that the Jaguars acquired Nick Foles. If I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that is correct. Um, mm. But yeah, that Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles. Mm. All right, he took down the freaking Patriots, man. Dude, that game was electric. I don't even. I love yeah. that so much. That was great. Dude, that Super Bowl was one of the best ever. Great. Just because it we was, knew going into their win or lose, Philly burns. Yeah. <laughs> Philly was gonna burn from if, if they from lose the they, they, they tear lost. up Philly if they win they tear up Philly <laughs> yeah oh man but no uh, them having Nick Foles is actually it's actually big news you know mm-hmm. uh, it, he might be he might it just depends on how he clicks with the team how he works because he's he's a great quarterback mm-hmm. he is a great quarterback I'm not gonna he he has a ring as a as a second string throughout well, the entire... Well, keep in mind, he was a starter for four years, I believe four, at least four, with the Eagles, and did very well. Yeah. Um, but uh, And he was he was with them in the height of their years with um, that coach from UCLA that was so good. Or that came... No, the coach that went from Oregon to uh, to the NFL, and now he's back coaching for you at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his name, but he's basically one of the most renowned coaches for a fast-paced spread offense. I, I should know his name off the top of my head, but he went to Philly... Had a couple of good years with him, but then in his last two years with Philly as a head coach, it just it just didn't go well. People started figuring out what he was doing, so now yeah. he left. Is going back to college uh, to coach at UCLA, which I mean, getting paid millions of dollars in either league is fine. But if I were yeah, a head honestly. coach, um, so that's where Nick Foles was at his height, and then of course that's when when the new uh, Eagles era came in, uh, and he was kind of a backup for most of that season. And then when and then Wentz got hurt, he took over. He took over, and he handled it Absolutely. like a champ. Obviously, yeah. I mean, he got and a ring. Made, made the argument to uh, to keep, to keep him on the roster, and then and, and keeping the, him as a backup on the roster was still expensive, by the way. Yeah, no, because Even with Carson Wentz on his rookie contract, mm-hmm. which uh, which I mean, I w- it wouldn't have been smart for them to get rid of him, but it was also at the same time there's nothing they really could have done. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they could have done to really keep him. I mean, they were going to play Wentz over him anyways. Well, like and you can make the argument had, as long as Wentz is healthy, there's as long no as reason healthy, to have to pay him really money. Reason to, to play. pay him to keep him. Yeah, which, which, you know, him going to the Jags is a good idea. Uh, it was, I, th- I think that's a really great trade for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. I, it just depends, like I said, uh, how he clicks with the team, how he handles uh, that new coach with his play style and all that other sort of unknown aspects mm. right now. Yeah, and that's um, that's if we got the team right. I, I'm, I'm about 99% certain it was the Jags. If it's wrong, we'll get sued. It'll be fine. I'm just whoop kidding. Whoop-de-doo. But yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, another notable, notable trade, uh, Clay Matthews. Got tra- oh, not not maybe not yeah he was traded from Green Bay to the Rams. Really, mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. That's nope. actually holy cow. That's actually a really yeah. big. Trade. As a Rams fan, I'm happy, but I'm also a Packers fan, so I'm like I have mixed feelings about this. I I, I don't know how I feel about that. I know it's mixed. So like 
I would never think of like drafting a fran- I mean, not drafting trading a franchise player like Clay Matthews. Now he wasn't playing. He hasn't been playing the past year as good as he has in years past. But granted, he's getting he's getting older, but he's still doing very well. Yeah, he's still doing very well. Now, being I wanted to see the Rams win freaking last year's uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I like this pickup because uh, their defense could only go up. I mean, they, mm. they were playing so good, and they've retained a lot of their players because they, they know how well, well they did. Uh, Wade Phillips is a defensive coordinator for there. It's just like the dream team with Sean McVay running the offense. I mean, just mm. a coaching dynamic duo is great. Um I mean, Sean McVay, the way he runs the wide zone offense in, uh, and is able to do so much with it uh, in L.A., is, I mean, it's literally just a, a coaching phenomenon right there. It's just amazing to watch um, how he's able to make a simple wide zone it just seems so complex and so hard to read when he's literally doing 90% of the time the same thing every time with just one variation, similar to what we did when we played in high school or last year, but uh, we're not going to get into that. Um so I'm liking the ad with him, but I think they gotta. I think they really gotta uh, make sure they they get Cooper Cup healthy because not having him in the Super Bowl as a wide receiver, well, it, that's what really killed him. Um, but yeah, I mean, like to to kind of like sum this segment up. I mean, Texans made the right moves. Mm-hmm. Whether or not those moves are gonna pay off is up for the debate uh, for the debate and won't be answered we'll, until the end of the we'll season. See, we'll see. We'll see. And um, maybe even some of these picks, we're not going to be able to figure out if they're going to uh, deliver until a, a until, couple years from now, like Clowney. Yeah, like Clowney. We might, have, we might end up having a Clowney situation with some of these picks. We might end up having someone get hurt, and we'll feel like mm-hmm. we wasted it. But then he'll come back one season and just dominate mm-hmm. where, where he needs to be. But it all just depends. It, I mean, it really does. Um, but you can make the argument they made the correct moves. They, yes, they did absolutely. They I feel like I feel like they did what they needed to do with what they were given mm. uh, to do as much as they could. Mm. I just really like they did. They did what they had to mm. do with what they had. They they didn't make as many moves as they could have, but being they had so many people missing in the season, mm-hmm. just injury wise. I respect that they didn't make it. They didn't get trigger happy or anything, and just trade a bunch of people and try to get one yeah. big star. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did the 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 best, most kind of even uh, uh, even way to look at things uh, with what they had and the, the decisions they made. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of sum up what we think of the Texans thus far. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. If you've stayed with us this long, you're just man. You're, you're a, a trooper. trooper. You're a trooper. Yes. Um, so as we we mentioned in the intro, this whole podcast is just is just been me and Taylor right here. Uh, two of our four guys are out. Uh, in future episodes, we hope to get them back, uh, get get them on here for the next episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, we will be launching a, a YouTube channel. This first episode is just going to be audio only. Um, but once we get uh, um, an episode with our full, or at least three quarters of our of our team in here, then we'll be putting this on three YouTube. Is passing. Yes. Um, and yeah, uh, we're, we're hoping this this kind of takes off a little bit. But uh, for those of you who stayed here, thank you very much. And, yeah, thank uh, you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you for being in the war room with us. Yep.